Catherine and Kale, a podcast for moms by moms who's taking it one day and one cup of coffee at a time. So sit back, relax, and come join me. Hello, friends. All right. Two things. Let's start with these two things. Number one, I know that the sound quality is complete crap. Uh, long story short, I have a mic and my headphones look great because the mic is closer to my mouth and they do really great. Um, we had to upgrade our phones last weekend. And of course, the new iPhone isn't compatible with my mic or my old headphones. So I thought, easy day, I'll upgrade to using the AirPods, right? AirPods have been out since before we went to Japan and I never owned a pair. And I was always really proud of that. Um, but I upgraded to AirPods thinking they're super fancy. I got third generation ones. They've got to have worked out all the kinks, right? Wrong. Sound quality for recording podcasts is complete trash. So we're going to troubleshoot that. So I'm so sorry. You're going to have to bear with the terrible audio quality. So if you upgrade, probably figure that Secondly, where was yesterday's podcast, Karina? Well, this is yesterday's podcast, and here's why. Because I recorded the whole podcast. Heads up warning, it's going to be a little bit longer than normal. It was so good. I was so proud of that podcast. And then a child walked in the room and for about 30 seconds had a conversation with me at the very end of my recording, and I thought, no problem, I'll just clip it out. Guess what I clipped? Instead of the 35 second conversation I had with my child. Yes. Yep, the whole episode. So at that point, it was already five o'clock at night. My kids were wild. I was exhausted. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to recreate this episode right now. I'm just going to let the sleeping dog lie. And we're just going to go about our lives tonight. And it's tomorrow. So you're getting the same episode. It's just re-recorded. It may not be quite as magnificent as I felt the first go was. Um, because I was very concentrated and knew exactly what I wanted to say. But hopefully this one will be mediocre at best, if not better. If you hate it, let me know. Perfect. Um, okay, I'm going to jump right in because I already know this episode's going to be a little bit longer. And my husband's on his way home with my target order. So, you know, got to finish recording before he walks in the door. So if you know me personally, and you know about our family's adventures over the last two years, like I moved to Japan, I've been getting diagnosed um, in Japan, you know, the whole nine, um, you know our story. And you also probably know our story of getting back to the United States and Japan and that a trip and a half that way. So if you don't know, here's the very condensed, non-angry version. Um, on our family's return to America, we were held against our will in Japan under false pretenses that one of us had a positive COVID test. It was a whole entire mess. It lasted for 30 days where we stayed in this gross, dingy, isolation house and it was very challenging and during the season of life there was just a lot that happened and it was very angering and very scary I was pregnant um we had Ethan who we had had already in Japan for six months past his diagnosis with no services 
and we were reaching a point where we were pretty desperate to get help for him. Um, as parents, we felt pretty lost. And it was just really hard to get stuck. We had this whole surprise planned. We were going to come back to the States and surprise our friends. We were going to see our family. My parents even flew from Alaska to South Carolina. They were going to drive up and meet us at the airport. They were literally on a plane to Georgia when we found out that we were not leaving Japan. It was a huge disappointment all around. Um, but those 30 days were really a testing period for our family. Uh, it took a lot of faith to get through that, a lot of prayer. There were days where I didn't know how to pray. And I would just get in the shower every day, turn on worship music, and just say, Dear God, and just cry because I had no words, because it hurt, and I was angry, and I was discouraged, and people didn't care. We were denied medical care. The list goes on and on. If you want to hear the whole story, feel free to message me, or maybe I'll create a podcast at some point. There is a new station that has picked up our story. Um, we are just waiting for the right time for them to publish it. Um, but we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of all that happening to our family. And I have been seeing a therapist for the last year who has just kind of talked to me through everything. And there's a lot to talk about. A lot more than I think I anticipated needing to talk about it. And this therapist has been a godsend. But this last week, I had the biggest breakthrough I have ever had with a therapist, particularly with this situation. And this last week, I was able to talk about the things that I missed about Japan. I was able to talk about the things that I liked when we were living in Japan, even the things that I liked when we were living in Japan. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, though, was I was finally able to put a finger on why God brought our family to Japan. But everything else that happened, it absolutely overshadowed all of the good that happened to us. And it really has taken me a year to work through all of those emotions to come to me like, oh, there was some good. Also, just opened my refrigerator and my daughter dumped an entire container of Everything our family was dealing with when we were 
getting ready to move to Japan, um, God told me to go. And so I went. I went to Japan. And I am so glad that I did. Because I think I would completely, completely regret my if I had stayed. Number one, I would split up my family, which is never my intention. Not something I ever want to do, especially for my first family. Aren't we more specific to be a part? Definitely. But secondly, there were so many amazing things that started happening when she got to Japan that literally transformed A and M, B, our individual lives, the lives of our children, and C, our relationship with God. And that's what I want to share with you today. Um, Because I'm really proud of it. And I don't want people to think that we have
you want to talk about a fun answer, uh, most of them were homeschooled. These kids were shocked. And while we taught them a lot, they taught us a lot. And in that moment, we determined that as a Christian married couple, the only way to do ministry is together. If you are married, and I'm, I'm going to say this, and I know some people have different preferences. And they're like, it's totally fine. We have friends. The wife is not involved in ministry at all in the church. She has her own ministry. Um, and the husband does children's ministry. And that's their jam. Like, that's what they do. And they're that. And my husband and I, because of that, where our marriage is at and how things stand, we have found that for us, it is 100% the most beneficial when we are in ministry together. Because it challenges us as a couple. It grows us as a couple, and we're together. Because that's exactly what you should be on Sunday. You should be together with your family. Um, the third thing that was important to us was that our kids were in a situation where they had age-appropriate classes. And let me tell you, they did. My kids learned more about the Bible in the short year and a half that we were there than they had ever learned before. Mine were Coming home talking to us about the Trinity. Okay, that's some pretty good theological stuff. But not just talking about it, like understanding it. And it was so encouraging as a parent to watch my kids grow. They had such a love for church. They begged to be at church. Um, the first year we were able to do VBS, my kids still talk about that because of that. So when I talk about Okinawa, one thing that I wish we could take with us, one of the most incredible impactful things that we had out there was our church. I don't think our pastor out there and his wife will ever truly know what an impact they had on our lives. And we were there at a tough time. We actually continued to intend to get together for the weekend. The whole time we were there and COVID just put such a damper on it. It was such a damper. This pastor and his wife, while we didn't get to know them as deeply as I think we would have wanted to, it felt like this. And it meant so much to us. We still listen to their sermons, still watch their services. And when I say that I truly miss that four-story building, five-story building, how many stories it was, we had to walk up all these stories to get to the sanctuary, it was worth every step. It was worth it. And I truly wish that that's something we could have had back with us. With those people, I wish that that church was here. I wish we could be in that church again. My therapist asked me the other day, she said, if someone asked you, would you go back to Okinawa and go on a trip to see the people in that church, would you? And for the last year, I 100% would have listened to someone say, like, over my bed, I ever go back to Okinawa. But after my sessions, I'm just thinking through everything about why God brought to Okinawa. What did we learn while we were in Okinawa? What was the good that came out of Okinawa for us? I thousand percent will go back. I thousand percent will go back to Okinawa to have an opportunity to minister again with those people, to be close to them again, to be under our pastor there and be encouraged in the way that we were. Um, it literally was the perfect church for our family at a time when we didn't even realize that we were. And it was one of the best things that ever happened to us in our marriage.
The second thing that I talked to my therapist about was the home school kid money we got plugged into. You know, we're in Okinawa. Uh, we had two cars. I was restless. I didn't want to just sit at home alone. I started thinking about what do we want to do for East Central School? How do we want to educate our kids? And I was introduced to classical conversations and their community out there in Okinawa. Let me I have never met a more driven, passionate group of moms as I met in that homeschool community. Passionate and driven to educate their children, to honor God, to educate them biblically, to educate them theologically. They took their kids' education so seriously, I have never met a group of moms like that. They challenged me beyond my potential. I spent our first year in that homeschool community as a tutor, essentially a teacher, for like K4, K5 age, and that was amazing. It was the most incredible, growing, life-changing experience I had in Okinawa. I was heartbroken in that community. And I think in the moment it didn't come across that way because they were so anxious to leave. They were so anxious to get used in the help that she needed. We were so burnt out as parents. But truly, when I say that this group of women stepped up and taught me so much, oh my gosh, I wish that we could have brought them all back with us. Um, there's actually several families from that homeschool community who have since PCS here to Jacksonville, and I've seen one of them. Their son is my student out there, and oh, my whole heart for those kids. I just, it was incredible. It was an amazing experience, and it taught me, and it grew me, and it challenged me. But then we started with Bible studies, and we read this book called Mama Bear Apologetics, which, by the way, if you've never read it, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it here on the podcast before, and I think they have a podcast as well. 10 out of 10 to read it, because it will challenge you. It will challenge you to stop reading your kids' Bible stories and making the Bible stale. It will challenge you to effectively teach your children about God, about the Bible, and about what's important, and to stop dumbing it down. Stop dumbing it down for your kids. Stop it. Your kids aren't idiots. Believe me. If my four-year-old can tell me what the Trinity is, yours can too. It's not rocket science. Um, but these Bible studies, we would drink coffee and we would eat cookies and we would talk until three in the morning. I have never had that with a group of people sitting around talking about God till three in the morning. Now here, we have very good friends. And we'll have day nights and we'll sit around and we'll talk about life and the universe and everything until three in the morning. But to have a concentrated group of women who sat around and talked about the Bible and talked about raising our kids and homeschooling until three a.m. Wow. Um, I learned so much from them that I carried with me. Even little things like there was one of the moms who was like, "I do one load of laundry a day," and she had four kids. You know what? Now I do one load of laundry a day, and I've never ever gotten behind on my laundry since I started doing that. Like, hello, we can learn so much from each other. But that was another group that I really wish I could just have put in a box and taken with me. And the third was, um, when we first moved, we bought a crib for Addison. And my husband made a connection with the husband and wife because they had come from Yuma, which is where my husband's from. And so the wife friended me on Facebook and randomly invited me to a Bible study that she and a few other moms in her neighborhood were doing. And I, I reluctantly said yes. I have horrible social anxiety. Um, 
So if you know me from social media, but you've never met me in person, please know that if we're ever in public, I'm probably not just going to walk up to you and say hello. I have horrible social anxiety. Horrible. Um, but I went to this Bible study. And as the weeks went on, I got more and more comfortable. And eventually it turned into an evening Bible study that we would all do when the dads were home at night. And we would sit and talk until 3 in the morning, too, and drink coffee. And so encouraging. Sometimes we wouldn't even get to the Bible study. But I left encouraged every week. And I still keep in touch with every single one of those women. So as I sat with my therapist this last week and we talked about, you know what? Even though there was bad, I think there was some really difficult stuff. And for the last year, my heart has been absolutely, you could not pay me a million dollars to go back to Japan. You couldn't pay me. When we sat in, well, over the phone, I mean, with my therapist over the phone, as we sat this week and talked, and she said, would you ever, is there any reason that you would ever want to go back to Japan? And for the first time in a year, I said yes. Yes. Because sometimes trauma and hard things take a while to heal from. And there is no deadline for trauma to heal. And yes, it was trauma. I don't care if people are like, that wasn't that bad and they were COVID regulations. You know what? I'd love to see you go through it and then you tell me that it's not trauma. Um, it was very traumatic for our entire family. My husband and I dealt with depression like we've never dealt with it before. No one should ever finally get to their destination and move into their new home. And every time the doorbell rings, their heart starts racing and they physically cannot move to answer the front door. That should not happen to anybody. Um, despite the bad, and despite it taking a year to work through all of that and work through the emotions and put the pieces together. Now, would I ever recommend anybody go there with the military? Currently, the time, absolutely not. No. If you are if you have the option to choose orders to Japan at this time for the military, save yourself the pain and agony and don't do it because stuff is still pretty rough over there. Um, but would I someday look at my husband and say, hey, let's go back to Okinawa. Let's take our family on a vacation. Let's show them Okinawa. Let's experience some of the things we didn't get to experience. Let's go back to that church that changed our lives. Let's... Let's go sit on the beach. I hate the beach. I love the beach in Japan. They're down, different level, y'all. The beach is like, we're like Japan everywhere. I love the beach. I hate the beach. Um, yes, yes, I would. Yes, I would go back. I would go back. I would pay money to get on a plane and go on vacation in Japan once things settle down. Why? Because there's more to Okinawa than what happened to us. And it's taken me a year to heal. And it's taken me a year to be able to process everything and we're still here dealing with the situation it's far from over they still owe us thousands of dollars um in payout from our move and it is like pulling teeth and when i tell you that these people in the commands in japan are slick as butter and sticky as glue and slimy as bad people it's all true um but when I say that there is so much good to be seen in Okinawa, despite what happened to us, it's absolutely true. So, here's what I want to leave you with. I don't want to make this too long, and I'm sure I'll share more as I kind of process it all. Um, 
But that was that happened last week, and I was really excited about it. And to tell you that I feel relieved after a year of feeling so much anger and hurt over the situation, I'm serious. It's pure relief. Um, I don't feel angry anymore when I talk about it. I don't feel anxiety when my doorbell rings. I don't panic when I smell certain smells or wear certain articles of clothing. God is good, even in the moments when it seems like he's not there. And maybe there's moments where you just need to get in your shower, put on some music, and just cry. And that's okay. Because the Bible talks about how sometimes we don't even have to have the words that are meaningless. Maybe you're not a Christian. And that's okay. Um, we all go through hard things. And your feelings are valid and your trauma is real. Nobody gets to tell you otherwise. So here's what I want you to carry with you this week. I know it's already Thursday. I know I think my first podcast week kind of messed itself up. And then yesterday's messed itself up. But here's what I want you to take with you this week. Even when it seems ugly. Even when it doesn't make sense. And as I'm saying this, there's someone very specific near and dear to my heart whose family is going through a very unexpected medical trial right now. And we are praying for a miracle. Yeah, we're praying for a miracle. It's going to be okay. Even if the outcome isn't what you want it to be, even if it takes you a year or two years or three years or 10 years or 20 years to heal from your trauma, it is okay. It's okay to take the time that you need. It's okay to process the way you need to process. It's okay to see a therapist. It's okay to take anxiety medication. Did you know that anxiousness is an emotion and God created it? It's just a matter of how you handle it. Do you handle it in the right way? Or do you handle it in a way that isn't healthy and isn't isn't right? So whatever you're going through, take a deep breath. You're okay. You're going to be okay. And the moment may be dark. It may be scary. The outcome may not be what you wanted it to be. But life will continue to go on. You will continue to move forward. You will continue to make new memories. And there will be a day where you may be able to look at an experience and see good. And that day will be a great day. Because you'll feel ready. So, take that with you as you head into the rest of the week. I love you all. Thank you for listening. And I will catch y'all tomorrow.